Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. Here on December the 20th of 2018, it's Nick and Chris here to talk about some manga. And, uh, yeah. And I'm Nick. Yes, and I'm not Nick. Mm-hmm. I'm the other one. The other guy. Other yes. dude. Well, I actually, uh, I was like, you're you're Chris and I'm Rolo T. That's how it goes. Uh, well, based off how the Shonen Jump podcast understands us, yes. Yes. Uh, I was just going to uh, try to impersonate you and see how long it took. Uh, I guess if you're watching the video, you can clearly see that my face is underneath the thing that says Chris, but uh, you never know. What, what they don't know is that we're actually master ventriloquists and we can speak without moving our mouths. So you can't actually use the visual audio sync to tell anything. Nick, have you ever read uh, like mystery novels of any kind, especially when like you were younger and they put like mystery novels yes. for kids out? Do you, ever read the, do you ever read the clue ones? Yes, uh, I read about three of them, I think. Do you ever read the one where uh, Mrs. Peacock was bullshit and she was like, it wasn't even a mystery. It was like a bunch of people attacked her in a room and she beat them up. And she was like, oh, like the twist was she's yes. like, I have ventriloquist. Like, I'm a ventriloquist. I can throw my voice. Yes, I, like, I do remember that. She was like a master martial artist somehow. And then you were supposed to you were supposed to guess what uh, I think which of them like not managed to finally knock her out. And it was like based off of like which of them had how much food on them or something it was some nonsense i remember at the time i was like this is a shitty mystery <laughs> i was like why is mrs peacock suddenly like fucking shang chi oh no the the i think it was like she had just inherited some diamonds or something like that and they all attacked her while wearing masks and yeah. then at the end of the fight she uh she just took one of the masks off and then based purely off of that she was able to tell which of them had had which weapon mm -hmm. and you were supposed to follow along because there were clues that were given to you throughout the fight scene that indicate okay the person with this weapon is a male this the person with this weapon acted this way etc and so it was more like one of those logic uh, yeah. grid puzzles than it was a regular like who who committed the crime that miraculously didn't actually kill anyone uh, because we have to keep on doing these clue mysteries. And for some reason, Mr. Body keeps on inviting these murderous psychopaths to his house. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I just remark and appreciate how on brand the moment is that in a week where Shonen Jump has delivered uh, an unheard of new delivery system for for distributing manga and there are tons of changes to the podcast. The first thing we start off with is by like a play by play of a shitty clue mystery novel for kids that we both read as children. <laughs> I I love that to death. It's important. <laughs> I'm like, anyway, guys, now you can read like 7,000 chapters for free online, something like that. Now, wasn't there something with Mr. The Colonel Mustard and like a tiger? I don't remember that one. Uh, so. Shonen Jump is dead. Long live Shonen Jump, basically. Uh, there is the we talked about uh, how the service was changing last week and uh, that was put into effect this Monday. Instead of having a digital manga to read with the new chapters of the week uh, compiled just into a single like flash document that we flip back and forth in. Uh, instead, you go through your series chapter by chapter, similar to how Crunchyroll had it. Uh, and 
or as if you had like bought the chapters uh, physically or not physically, but individually in the digital volumes. And uh, in addition to just having the newest chapters uh, available for free, uh, if you had a Shonen Jump subscription, which you can renew for like $2 a month, so roughly what you were going to pay anyway to keep your Shonen Jump subscription, uh, you get access not just to the new stuff, but also to a large back catalog of chapters. Uh, it's not everything that has ever appeared in Shonen Jump. It's, I guess that would have been asking a little bit too much. And hey, maybe there will be some more added to it. Who knows? Uh, but in addition to all the series that are currently ongoing... Almost all. There are some gag series that didn't get picked up. But, um, I mean, there's like uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba is on there. Act Age is on there now. Uh, Freaking Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, so uh, the My Hero Academia and Vigilantes is on there. All these series are now available, uh, as well as classic series. You got your Death Note. You got your Dragon Ball. Basically every single Yu-Gi-Oh! manga series ever made. Uh, all of Cross Manage, if you want to read it, it's all yeah. available there. Naruto, uh, Bleach, uh, Hikaru no Go, Death Note. So there's a shit ton of stuff uh, available if you have the, a what would have been a Shonen Jump subscription. Uh, and uh, do definitely highly recommend it because we're probably going to be using this in order to catch up on some shit mm-hmm. and uh, talk about it. Um, this is... Definitely going to be an opportunity for us to add some new series uh, into the recap. Uh, probably go on like some sort of a rotating schedule instead of covering everything every single week. Um, but yeah, uh, very excited by the potential that we have uh, to work with here. And uh, also, if you did not have a show and trip subscription before, but you live in the United States, Canada, UK, all the places that uh, the Shonen Jump service is available uh, and you still don't want to get a subscription, that's cool. You can follow along with all the series that we recap as we do it uh, because the most recent three chapters are available for free. So, yep. It should be noted that there are going to be some series that if we try to pick up, there might be kind of a jump forward. Sort of like what happened when we did a recommendation for My Hero Academia and then started actually discussing my hero academia where there was kind of right. a block of chapters that were still in the process of being kind of like translated so we may see that from some stuff but um yeah there's a lot of new options and uh, it looks like jump starts in general are going to continue yeah because we got one this week so <laughs> it was just it just kind of escaped notice because it's just amidst all the other chapters there was definitely a banner image saying it's like hell warden higuma is out this week and it's like okay let me look at all the other manga that i have to read now <laughs> it, it's the only like huge problem i have is i um this is just my inability to process simple instructions is like i'm going through and i'm like okay we never learned promise like i go through and i'm like i hope i don't miss a chapter like i really hope right. i don't get to the end of the week and i'm like what happened to dr stone i never read dr stone because it was like the next row or some shit like that Right, you don't have that uh, that checklist anymore to uh, to keep you uh, up to date and read everything. I didn't have a computer program that held my hand. It is like just keep going forward. Just no, keep, you're not done yet. Turn the page. Get turn one, the page. Keep going. One more. I'm like, oh, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> don't let go of the bike. <laughs> well, keep holding on. Don't let go. You're already pedaling. See? Oh no! But uh, you fall yeah. out of your chair reading manga. <laughs> oh my leg! 
I want to give a special, like, sort of, like, congratulations and thanks uh, for all the hard effort that everyone at Shonen Jump is doing. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, if you, you know, uh, we've had him on the show quite a few times. Great guy. Uh, the entire week, uh, I've been seeing him on Twitter kind of responding to people, talking about, I know there were some technical issues that kind of happen whenever anything does a big kind of <laughs> transition. So, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the transition went very smoothly. Uh, but I, I definitely appreciate the fact that there was a lot of effort put into uh, making it as seamless and uh, having a lot of communication with people. As mm -hmm. somebody who's been playing Fallout 76, I know how easy it is to not get that. Yes. Oh, we don't even we don't have any one piece to read. That's why it wasn't showing up and everything. See, this is like this is going to take a little bit of getting used to just like it because we have to independently make sure that all of the chapters get opened as opposed to just going through the magazine. Yeah, I forgot. I was like, oh, right. There was no one piece this week, so I don't have to open that up. That's why it wasn't in all of the stuff that was updated this week. Um. Anyway, so we are, I think, just uh, going to get into it. Uh, talk about uh, manga that came out this week. We do have now three jump starts, and this is going to affect the way somehow that we do them i think that i think it might be a good, a good idea if we just do like what we n would have normally done with uh the new series just cover the first three chapters and then decide if we want to keep on reading it basically um but it's nice to just that we're just going to have that option now as opposed to i hope this gets picked up so we should like a game show it should be like uh like i don't watch it but it should be like i guess like x factor where like we read the first three at the end of it, we give like a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And if it's unanimous, then we just go with that. But if we're split, then we send it to the audience <laughs> and we let them decide the fate of something. Or we flip over oh, replica. Right? We just flip a coin. <laughs> and we decide if one of us is going to be shitty and miserable about it. We stop a flip a coin. That would be a really great way of deciding those kind of game shows. Is that, well, the judges are tied. Uh, so <laughs> one of them just takes that going, oh, okay, your, your entire fate, your hopes and dreams of having a career in entertainment hinge on this. <laughs> if I do not make this contest, they send me back to country where they take my thumbs. Sorry, Lynn. Tales never fail. But this time it did. <laughs> and like the person who wanted to do it is just like immediately gives up on it. It's just like, well, you just, you saw it. You, just, you flipped the coin. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, I'm, we're we're in the fairest system in the world. Three votes. Somehow there's a tie, and you go home based off what the coin flip says. All right. Let's talk about manga, Chris. Uh, we're going to kick things off in the recap portion of Weekly Manga Recap with uh, My Hero Academia. Number 210, The One for All Dream. So, I just last chapter. Nick, What's that? terrible about this new transition. What's that? We don't have the cover page anymore. How are we going to know if Yuno is still an important character in Black Clover anymore? This <laughs> don't have the page with all the characters on it. I do have to wonder, like, I wonder if, like, because um, well, I'm going to take a look at this real quick. Actually, this is something interesting. I don't, did they do this before? Where on the page they note who translated and lettered it as well? I certainly don't remember that. That is a very so, cool addition if that's the case. Mm -hmm. um, I 
oh, I, it looks like we're just not going to get uh, Shonen Jump covers at all anymore because uh, Hellborn Higuma was uh, on the front. And uh, the only way you can see that is in like the uh, series uh, preview thing. Maybe it'll be featured like on the Viz homepage where it says like, go read this week's manga, that kind of thing. But well, I was yeah. specifically referring to the ones that happened before chapters. I, Right. I yeah, we don't we don't have the in case you haven't been reading it, here's a quick catch up. Uh because we expect you to read these from chapter one now. <laughs> in case at some point we decide to bring back Ruby and start talking about it, we're just gonna have to remember that Junior is a very important Junior's character. Important, yeah. All right. So getting back into the series itself, uh the one for all dream. Toshinori uh, had been watching the uh, inter-class competition, uh, and he got a call. They have to go and answer, and it's from Gran Torino. So Gran Torino just says, uh, hey, you wanted to ask if Shimura had ever mentioned dreaming about one for all. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I, re- I remember that now. Uh, so... And then he says, like, now I'm also kind of old and senile, so uh, I don't remember much. This guy was down it. Do you have my keys? I don't remember where my keys are. Just like, I called are you, you. Are you the Meals on Wheels boy? Where's my food? Oh my god, no. Is this, what, is this the sad turn this character's taken? <laughs> Should we be allowing this man with jet engines and his legs to still be going around fighting crime? Do we trust his judgment? <laughs> Why did you beat up this innocent woman? She looked suspicious. I don't like the way he was looking at me. I like to think it's the more uh, playful tones where it's like, why'd you punch your mailbox upon? It was staring at me weird. <laughs> like, oh, grandpa, <laughs> you could potentially kill us all. <laughs> Uh, we cut away from the call of the conversation between them, though, to focus on the match between uh, Deku's group and uh, Shinso's group. And uh, so basically uh, they point out like, well, Deku's comp- team composition is a little bit similar to Bakugo's, So maybe they're going to do the same thing. But uh, Sarah points out, well, yeah, but they don't have Jiro to, you know, use her ears to sense everything. And if, uh, they don't want to get caught in a trap, then they're going to have to be a lot more careful. And there's a really weird little detail because like Sarah is talking, yeah, they don't have a Jiro type on their side. And Jiro is like behind him and she goes, that's me. It's really weird. I'm like, who was that too? So essentially they say like, yeah, Midori is going to have to actually work harder than Bakugo in that case. Which he always works harder than him, I feel. But yeah, considering that Bakugo completely destroyed Class 1B almost single handedly in order for Midoriya to, you know, be better than him uh, in that in this scenario, that's going to need to be really impressive. Um, So basically, Deku's plan is he is going to bait them out. Uh, And uh, so as he... uh, Starts approaching the other side. He sees them start to fling a projectile over, but then he hears a, a voice go, Eek! And he's like, oh, Uraraka. And uh, he sees Monoma uh, over among some pipes. And so he basically immediately realizes, because Monoma is, you know, starts 
talking at length in his usual way, but in a lot more control with a lot more control and a lot more, you know, deliberately taunting as opposed to just being an arrogant asshole. And so Deku keeps quiet because, of course, he knows that he could have just been imitating Uraraka while he's got Shinzo's quirk uh, copied. So he can't respond to him verbally or else get uh, brainwashed. And he goes on for quite a while and he's, you know, trying to give it a second guess himself, uh, saying like, hey, maybe you actually heard Uraraka. Uh, maybe she's in trouble and you need to go help her. Maybe you, you shouldn't be paying attention to me. Uh, and then he says, oh, and I've been having a chat with with Shinso and, you know, uh, he's, he's, we've agreed that the gifted will break this world. You know, your pal Bakugo, how is it that he can still smile without a care when he's the one who brought about the symbol of peace's downfall? Wow, douchebag move. Um, so Deku gets ready to blow his head off, it seems. I don't know how powerful his finger guns are anymore. I mean, we're about to find out. <laughs> yeah. So, but we cut over to uh, the remaining three uh, in Deku's team, and they're quite fine for, uh, for the time being. Mineta believes that, uh, okay, yeah, that shot earlier could have been, must have been from Shinso. They've put a bunch of Mineta's grape things on this rope, essentially. It seems as though they're using it as like a fishing line, Um because it's trailing up like a net through a bunch of the piping. Um, then all of a sudden, a bunch of projectiles come blasting through the air and uh, Ashido uses her acid in order to block them. Uh, they keep on getting hammered by a bunch of stuff, though. And uh, basically what's going on is that the three remaining members on uh, in class 1B have a, a set of quirks that when they put them together, they can launch projectiles, make the projectiles increase in size, launch a second uh, blast of impact uh, once they've already been sent through the air. So very good when put in combination to just throw a bunch of shit at somebody and have it really uh, pester them. That doesn't really remain relevant for very long though so yeah whatever uh the thing that uh, gran torino tells toshinori is that uh you know yeah we were chatting at some point and uh she said i had the weirdest dream last night there was a man standing there shrouded in black smoke he spoke to me and said it's not time yet and at that moment in the present deku is preparing to flick his arm and all of a sudden Black energy just blasts out of his arm and starts curling around him like tentacles. And that's it. That's the chapter. <laughs> See you guys next week. I'm, actually I'm sure he's fine. fine. <laughs> now, Nick, you are, by all extents, the, the, the far more knowledgeable person here when it comes to My Hero Academia. So yes. I'm curious to hear what you think this all means. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I mean, there was no hint at all that um, anyone who possessed one for all had one of these kinds of attacks. Um, I mean, after all, All Might went through his entire superhero career without dealing with this, uh, apparently. So um, hopefully what this 
means is that this is just kind of one for all awakening a little bit. Uh, and it's just causing momentary troubles because obviously, you know, the reaction that Deku is most likely to have at the end of all this, once everything is calmed down is going to be, Oh my God, you know, I spent all this time working and trying to control my quirk. And now it's just, I, I have no idea how to control this now. Um, it is. Hopefully it's not destroying his arm is all I have to say. Yeah, Cause I mean, it looks like it is. <laughs> but that, that is something I'm kind of curious. So my mind's like, Oh, is this a new, more dangerous power? And Deku needs to find a way to control it. And my mind's saying, like, Deku learning to control his power has been the forefront of his character development when it comes to his power since the beginning. And mm -hmm. I'm not sure if 200 chapters in, if we need to go to another level of, like, but can you control this power? Right. My worry is, like, I, I, I don't know if that's what this is supposed to be. My mind's like, maybe the next chapter happens and he almost fucking takes Monoma's head off. And maybe it's like, you're, it's a, you don't know when this kind of thing might happen or, or something like that. I don't know. I'm just trying to think how they could do like a, another character arc of Deku that isn't just like, you have to learn to not put 10,000%. And maybe if you put it into a, a state where it's like, oh, this is subconscious or you don't have even an ability to control this level of, of, Mm -hmm. power coming in maybe it's you know it's that part that's still seeping in or you know something connected to one for all or all all for one rather also one part of it that stands out to me is that it seems to just basically be an extension of like the energy patterns that appear on his body when he activates like full cowling for example yeah uh, it does not appear as though it's actually harming him um like it i don't see like for example any blood coming out of his body it's, so. Yeah, it's it's tough to tell. It also looks like I don't know if this is disrupting his shot. This is probably overanalyzing for a single panel kind of thing. Um, but it, it's a very mysterious panel. I guess it leaves us in like a state of like, ooh, let's find out what happens next week. Yeah, pretty much. Or I guess it, for some people, it'd probably be more like, what's going to happen to Deku? <laughs> <laughs> Nick, he's only the third most popular character. <laughs> you can get rid of him. <laughs> we don't need him. Cut him. Just put all of his votes on top of Bakugo's mountain of them. <laughs> this is the Bakugo series now, didn't you hear? Bakugo no Hero Academia. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about Shokugeki no Soma. Let's Chris. do it. <laughs> Food Wars. It's chapter 292. So, <laughs> the haves and the have-nots is the name of this chapter. This chapter is dedicated to uh, the light shifts. Chefs? 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 Chefs. Uh, answering the challenge laid out by the Noirs. And so the first one to do so is Sukasa. And uh, he pulls, he starts to pull out a tool. And uh, at that moment, they cut up to uh, some of the people who are observing the competition, namely Senzaemon and Joichiro. And uh, Senzaemon says that Eishisukasa and the other Tosuki suits have progressed to the third gate. It seems Misune's appraisal was quite accurate. 
The young chefs trained by Totsuki have worked hard to hone their chosen skills, enough so that they may now have reached a level. A level that in Booker parlance borders on the freakish. That is such weird way of saying that. <laughs> He's pulled out a cheese grater. It's a long a cheese grater. cheese grater sword. Cheese grater with like a three foot long blade. Now, Chris, when I saw this uh, a, a little bit later, because here at the apartment we have a cheese grater that is like this. Not three feet long, but the kind that's, you know, got the narrow grate on it on a rubber handle. And so I was like, hey, you know, one of these actually showed up in Chokuyaki no Soma when I was in the kitchen with Nicole. And she was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, except it was like three feet long. She was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I showed her what Tsugasa does with it because he uses it like a sword, like a fencing blade to stab the meat in order to grate it and cut it. And she was like, no, that's not what that does. <laughs> I'm, she I'm, was so upset about it. <laughs> I am gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I was extremely upset, if only because the way this chapter ends looks like Soma's going up against a chainsaw lady, and I wanted nothing more for there to be a scene of Sukasa clashing cheese grater sword with the uh, Nazi girl and her her chainsaw sword. I wanted that shot so much. <laughs> oh boy. Um. So you're Meg, saying you're not going to try this in the kitchen the next time? No, I'm not going to try and use the cheese grater knife to stab beef <laughs> in order to cut. Uh, so then we get some stuff on Megami. Finally, uh, she takes out a whole bunch of of uh, some of them look like knives, but some of them look like makeup tools. And uh, the explanation we're given through the narrator is that the skill that Megami has chosen to hone is presentation and charm. And having gone around the world and experienced many cultures, she's learned that it is necessary to change a dish's presentation at times, uh, such as for those who are not accustomed to Japanese cuisine, so that they will be able to comprehend its level of deliciousness through presentations. Like, that actually makes perfect sense to me, as opposed to the cheese grater sword. <laughs> Uh, and she cuts up the tenderloin into a frickin' blossom, which is ridiculous as well. Uh, and uh, Sukasa's like, I'm gonna use the mezzaluna like I use all the time. She's Everyone's like, what? He's using his fucking knife he uses in every fight. <laughs> oh, what a turnabout. Look at his character growth, everybody. And uh, Nazi chainsaw knife girl is like, oh, yeah, they're actually trying. You little wimps. Get the if you don't want have what it takes to even challenge me, then get the fuck out. It's like, yeah, OK. Um, <laughs> this is the weirdest chapter. Its pacing is so strange where I can only presume based on the way this chapter ends that. This Nazi chainsaw lady shouting, get at all of you, was enough to dismiss like 80% of the chefs who came to this contest <laughs> and made it this far. <laughs> like, these are supposed to be the top caliber of chefs, and all of them are like, ah, shit, I'm out. Well, she said that I should leave, so compared <laughs> to I mean, she looks like she has a position of authority. Who would dress like that if they weren't in charge? I, I'm not going to argue with the woman with the chainsaw knife. Let's get out of here. <laughs> so... Sends him on his kind of his remarks over to Joy Ah, so what of your son? Does Soma Yukihira have it? 
And Joichiro is just like, what, Soma? Uh, he's just some kid from a hole-in-the-wall family restaurant, and I nagged him into going to Tuskegee. So, yeah, he could, should have probably just, you know, gone, gone through his life without having to deal with all these wacko noir. <laughs> There's no way he'd stand a chance. At least, not normally. And then Soma smirks. And then we cut away. And the the trials ended. And remember so, when all so the, much passed. Remember when everyone had their significant moment? Like, um. Anyway, so we're in the next part of the competition. Like, I had to sit here. I'm like, did all of the war? Like, did Yu Gi Oh guy pass? He wasn't part of that group. But he, he, yeah, he wasn't part of the demonstration. <laughs> They're keeping him a secret, I guess. <laughs> It was like him and I, I feel like there were other people that were like alongside him that weren't like all the other people. I, I don't know. So now we're in one-on-one competition territory past all of the gate trials. So now it's Soma versus Sarge, the chainsaw lady girl. And uh, so Sarge is like, all right, come at me, you pansy. Show me your freakish talent. And Soma's like, freakish talent? Well, if you want to call it that. And that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> It's such a strange, like, I feel like at some point someone was like, yeah, these challenges are kind of boring. And they're like, yeah, we got to do a third one. Do we? (laughs) Do we really? And then they just, they were like, I don't know, let's use it to set up all the villains and then be like, it was done. Like, we got through it. All right. And the next round's one-on-one competition. Cool. Do we get some explanation to how it's going to work? No, we're just right that first match. Sure. Okay. I, I, I just enjoy the pace of everything going directly right into this first fight with very little buildup. Yeah. Um, but hey, she's greater sword. I, it's like, I feel, <laughs> I feel like there's so much more. Like, we still haven't seen Asahi yet. Like, I know Asahi got to go immediately to the third gate. Like, right, along the, with Arena, yeah. And there's other people, too. Like, you'd assume that if you... Like put like I guess they already dropped Sukasa, so who could potentially be better than that? That'd be in this contest, but it's just that that sense of like to, to I don't know. It's just weird to be like they're at the third gate, they're done, first round. I'm like, wait, nothing happened in the middle. That's worth noting. All right, whatever. Maybe we'll find out next week. It started off really strongly too with that uh, with you know the old man uh, thinking he's going to kill himself. And then Soma saves his life inadvertently. And then since then, it's just going to have been like, okay, whatever. Soma fucks up a contest. He should have been expertly like, like almost customly built to succeed at. Yeah. And then Soma has a chance to redeem himself and we don't can see how he does it. <laughs> he just did. I'm, I'm, I would guess that we're probably going to get that, like, in a flashback afterwards, but who knows? Sure. I, I mean, I'm not saying that it's necessarily interesting. It's just a very strange thing to jump over. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's see. So we don't have either Eden Zero or Seven Deadly Sins this week. Nope. So I guess we'll just jump into some jump starts and Nick's throat will die. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Uh, we get the third chapter of Chainsaw Man. Denki is introduced to uh, another agent named Aki. And uh, Aki, you know, takes Denki over to an alleyway and immediately starts beating him up because he correctly analyzes. You're just here because you've got the hots for Makima, don't you? 
and he says, I've seen a lot of agents come and go. Uh, everyone who came in with a shallow reason for being part of this group has been killed by a demon or is, uh, and you need strong convictions in order to make it through here. So, you know, I'll just, you know, tell you what, uh, I'll, I'll leave you here and I'll say that uh, you got scared of a devil and ran away. Just, you know, you stay, just stay back here and I'll spare you uh, this fate. And so Dickie comes up from behind him and knees him in the balls. (laughs) And he says, when I fight guys, I only aim for the crotch. And he keeps on kicking him in the dick while he's on the ground. You know what? If it's good enough for Shinsuke Nakamura, it's good <laughs> enough for me. Um, so, but he says like, hey, you know, today I actually got to eat udon and a hot dog for the first time. I got treated like a real person. I was actually treated to a meal. This is like living a dream. So, yeah, maybe I became a devil hunter for a shallow reason, but I'm willing to die to keep living like this. Um, he starts to actually get real reflective and think about how, you know, Chainsaw Dog is living inside of him, too. So he's got that to consider as well. And so the so Aki takes the chance to start fighting back and Dinky just kicks him in the dick again. <laughs> I mean, it really is like my entire fighting style from No Mercy personified in a character. <laughs> You're just like, how many dick shots can I put onto a single character? <laughs> And change that to a low blow. Change that to a low blow. My finisher is another low blow. (laughs) You ain't having kids after you're done with me. (laughs) Um, They kind of come to an understanding afterwards. uh, And Diggy takes him back to meet to see Makima again. And uh, she's like, so do you guys think you can get along? Like, no, we hate each other. (laughs) And so she says, good. I'm glad that you guys are getting along. Uh, so she says that Denji is now going to get assigned to Aki's group. And uh, he's like, what? Why? Because he's special because he's a human who can turn into a devil. I've heard rumors, but I had no idea. And she says, well, this means that Denji is a special case. If he ever quits or disobeys orders, then he has to be killed and put down as a devil. So they're like, yep, you got to work to us until you're dead. So they, they walk off. Uh, they walk through the streets again. And Denji's like, is Makima a bad person? And Aki says, well, if you think she's a bad person, then maybe you should just give up on her. But you're a devil, so you should be grateful that we haven't killed you. So, yeah, she is a good person. I owe her my life. And then she thinks that, hey, she kind of saved his life, too. And she thinks, I want to hug her again. And he's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Goddamn weird loser. All right, Nick, this is the moment. Yeah. It's the third chapter of a series. We get to put our, our vote to action. Nick. What say you? I don't know. Um, that we can't let the first one go uh, like this. Well, well, I've. Uh, I'm not going to just like you know, just suddenly put my thumb up or down immediately. I'm going I, to down, burn the series to the ground. Boo! Okay. Yeah. I'm not especially excited about it. I thought that it started off well. Um, it was a very complete first chapter. I think that just as time has gone by, like Denji's weirdness is getting kind of weird, you know. Um, but I did appreciate this chapter in terms of what it did establish. It was like, yeah, you know, Denji's not a typical uh, protagonist. He's not doing this for the right reasons. He's just 
doing this because a he has no option and b because he's a very simple minded guy who got given good things by his boss. Uh, but to put having it put into the perspective of she saved his life and this is something that he has always wanted to have. So it may not seem all that great to most people, but it means the world to him. And so he will put his life on the line in order to keep it. Uh, that I do appreciate. I think that if we were going to read this, then I think that I might get sick of it though. Um, it's so it's it's a very kind of weird feeling series, just the way that it's kind of paced and the way the people act around each other. So where does it fall, Nick? I mean, if you wanted to read it, I would say yes. Uh, but then if we're you, doing it, guys. We're doing Chase it. Chase okay. on man, following it forward. And every week we had a new conditional vote on where I'm like, do we want to continue it now? And if we say no, we both have to drink a bottle of hot sauce. I'm not agreeing with that. <laughs> All right, well, I'm just going to do it myself then. <laughs> you knock yourself out, literally. Nick, it's not as though eating hot food and then doing anything else has burned me in the past couple months at all. Literally. <laughs> there are still scorch marks by my toilet. <laughs> God. It's like a car burned out right out of the bowl. Ew. <laughs> Let's talk about Hell Warden Niguma, Higuma, sorry, our uh, new series in Shonen Jump, which I am actually really, really excited by. I think that it's it's one it's another one of those Exorcist uh, style series, but I really like uh, the two main characters uh, that we've been introduced to, and I like the aesthetic of the series, which and the way that Higuma actually fights. Uh, devils. He has all of these hands that uh, obey him, and uh, they can, you know, freely manipulate a bunch of tools for him. He can do a lot of things at once, and then when it comes time to fight, he combines with his hands, and they get and their powers get a lot stronger, and that allows him to fight against these these devils. Um, so I think that it's really cool, and I definitely want to see more from it. There's also some really good stuff in terms of. Uh, the female lead whose name escapes me at this time. Uh, she has some very strong convictions about what is right and justice. And so even though she has no powers, uh, she wants to help out and always wants to do the right thing. Whereas Higuma has a lot more of a laid back kind of approach to things. Uh, they meet because he's getting harassed by a drunk on a bus and she stands up for him. And, uh, He's like, yeah, I mean, that, that guy wasn't actually bothering me all that much. Actually, it kind of bothers me a little bit that you were, you know, just assuming that what was best for me and acting when I didn't ask you to. Um, but she has actually come specifically to see him. That's why they were on the same bus. She just didn't know who he was uh, because she's been possessed by a devil, but she doesn't but she doesn't realize that uh, and she's been stealing without meaning to because she's been possessed by this very minor demon. And after the exorcism, they get to know each other a little bit. Turns out that the reason she was possessed by a demon was because her brother was possessed by a much stronger demon. That's the one that uh, Higuma ends up actually fighting in order to uh, free him from from that. And um, 
there's a there's some other stuff like we're introduced to these people who are observing Yuguma's actions, no, thinking, talking about, you know, some great destiny he probably has to fulfill. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, um, it's pretty standard stuff for he's like, OK, you know, here's this, you know, shonen battle thing, especially for the kind that's like he exercises demons. But I do really like the way that it looks and I like the, the, the characters that uh, we've been introduced to so far. So uh, I'm very excited about this one. Okay. So read it for next week, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Neolation. Uh, so, <laughs> then he gets kidnapped by the mob. Neo is bullshit uh, and tracks them down and then makes their printer shoot burning pieces of paper at them. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> I mean, it's not unheard of. I know you can force print printers to like do things like that. that On was... fire? <laughs> I mean, that's where I guess if you're like you, I, you'd have to be able to like have an outside remote wireless system that could fuck with the internals of the system. I would sit here and criticize it, but I, I, I'm not tech savvy enough to actually say like that wouldn't work. I don't honestly know. And in my ignorance, I'm able to suspend my disbelief to be like, sure, why not? Like, all this hacking stuff's fucking beyond me, so. Uh, and I, I do actually appreciate that Neo's... Nothing like reading a manga about overclocking to make you realize how little you know about computers. <laughs> I still don't really know what overclocking means. People say it, and I'm like, that sounds like a bad thing. Um, but I, I do appreciate there's certain things that Neo did this, like having to call three times to actually get a real triangulation. It's like he called a single tower and he's like, I know where he is by now. He's like, Oh, I had to call, get different cell towers and use that to pick up where you were. Uh, Cause the guy's using a burner phone. Um, there's a lot of little small touches like that. Uh, it's interesting because I guess this is sort of just another follow-up chapter. I do also appreciate that. Like, he knew this plan was happening. So he calls the fireman in to get in there as soon as it's happening. And he's like, well, what is that going to do? And then they're like, yeah, you have a kid tied up. Fuck. God damn it. Call the police. <laughs> so I, I do like that. It, it does feel it like falls into this, this level of, you know, showing off what Neo can do. It also shows that even though he's got a very strange way of acting, he really does seem to like, uh, Oh, Daigo. Daigo. I want to call him Dingy. Uh, Daigo a lot. Uh, I think this is a series that would be better suited like five or ten chapters from now when it's able to get mm -hmm. the more meat. Right now we're seeing the main character just stomp all over idiots, basically, which is fine at the start. Uh, but I would be curious to see what happens when you put more intricate plot lines into effect. It is always weird whenever you have one of those, like, we have to have this protagonist do some badass stuff, despite the fact that they're not just a combatant. Uh, so, you know, it's like uh, going back uh, several years, like with uh, lock on. It's like, we've got to have this photographer be a tremendous badass. Well, how does he do that? It's like, well, he's got good vision and he takes pictures. <laughs> There's there's a lot of room, I think, for the series to get better. I know there's also, I think, a third character supposed to be introduced at some point. There was a female character on the cover. looked like maybe a good right. cheerleader or something. So I'll be curious to see what happens when like the full cast is in effect and how they play off of each other. But I, I thought it was decent for a second chapter. I liked it better than the first one. I love it. So. 
All right, Chris. Let's talk about We Never Learn. Oh, Nick, I hurt my throat right there. Do you want to take this one, too? <laughs> you should probably take uh, Black Clover while we're at it now. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, We Never Learned. Question 92. Sometimes a genius primes the pump for X, which isn't suggestive, but sounds so close to being suggestive that it's there. Your your mind is kind of already at that level because of how the chapter starts off. Because you're just like, oh, God, I hope that like literally nothing sexual happens. Like, oh, no. <laughs> so last time uh, Uega was hypnotized, gave his whole revelation about having like a, a private passion. He's been wanting to follow, but not. And then uh, kind of passed out. And when he woke up, he was in Ogata's room and she was undressing. So Whoa, Nick, what's happening? Uh, Turns out she was addressing because she carried him all the way upstairs, and that was a lot of hard work, so she's kind of all hot and sweaty, so she wanted to change out of her hot, sweaty clothes. Uh, And he woke up during that time frame. Okay. I know that it's Ogata who did this, and she doesn't think, you know, normal things logically, but she is a, like, 17-year-old girl who was just changing in front of a guy in the same room because she thought he was asleep. That's a guy she likes. That's careless. Okay. Like I, I when I was that age, I would never have done that. (laughs) I would never have. Well, there's someone in the room with me, but they're asleep. So I'll just go ahead and change instead of immediately ducking into the bathroom because I don't want anyone to see me. (laughs) So, I would like it if they explained her thought process where she like she lays it down and then like servos are going on like it's like beginning beginning changing process. (laughs) Unconscionable should change now. Analysts uh, or analyze Uh, person in a sleeping room should not wake up. Change now. No time. She's like saying stuff for the night. Will not wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Must suffocate man to make sure it is not awaken. Change clothes so sweaty. Uh, so anyway, that's the situation. They have a whole moment of like, you can be like, ah, oh, no, I don't see anything. Uh, they have their whole moment there. But then uh, Ogata's like, more importantly, lay your head on my lap. Uh, and she's like, you've done so much for me, so I want to pamper you for once. Uh, and Yuiga's like, yeah, I think you should be more careful around guys suggesting something like the boosh and he he falls asleep (laughs) again uh, because of her hypnosis. So he's aware that he's being hypnotized this time. And is it's, it's, it's played, it's played for laughs this time where he's just like, Oh God, what's happening? Uh, And they have like this moment of her being like, yeah, you're going to feel really relaxed. And he's like, Oh, why does this feel so good? Uh, and she's like, oh, wow, he's so cute. And she actually pushes her boobs into him. Uh, and then she's like, oh, what a good boy. And he's like, what's happening now? Uh, and she tries to feed him and does. But she feeds well, him a giant carrot. Well, she stuffs a giant carrot into his mouth. <laughs> like, he's thinking it's going to be like this this sweet moment of like, here's your food. Like, ah. And so it's just like, boomf, crunch, 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 crunch. And she's like. He's he's like, why a raw carrot? And she's like, oh, I just, you were so cute. I came to associate with the pet rabbits I used to have. And uh, her pet rabbits, Rabita, Rabiko, and Rabimi. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, then she notes that they (laughs) 
away one day. This poor girl's pets all run away. They went. To, they went to live with Carisu's sister's dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they have that whole moment, and he's just like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry to impose. And Ogata's is like, come on, tell me, tell me what you want to do, you know. Before you just give up on everything, why don't you let me support you? He's like, no, it wouldn't be right for me to do this anyway. So she tries to start hypnotizing him again because she's like, the the, the hypnosis must be wearing off. Uh, And the process of trying to get him hypnotized, she hypnotizes herself. And thus, she wants to be cared for. (laughs) So, you know, she's like, can I lay my head on your lap? Will you stroke my head? Will you feed me? And of course, he feeds her more raw carrots because I guess that's just the only thing right there. Uh, but eventually they both kind of get over the hypnosis and uh, Uega kind of eventually speaks up and says like, you know what, if everything goes according to plan and maybe I just will turn down the VIP recommendation. I, I, I was just kidding. You know, forget, forget I said anything about that. There's it no point agonizing over it. No, God, it grabs us like, no, this is the time to agonize. You've worked so hard for the VIP recommendation, but now you found something you want so bad that you would give it up. And uh, they have, you know, they have a little argument. He's like, like, ah, I can't do that. And she's like, no, you can't let this go. You know, don't pretend you don't have a dream when you do have one. And she's she's getting kind of frustrated because she doesn't know how to put it eloquently. So she's like, go ahead and agonize over it lots. Uh, and when you're tired, let me take care of and support you. And he's like, oh, you're very sweet, Rizu. She's like, just use my name. Uh, and then uh, she realizes that because she had her hand on his head, it was like activating latent hypnosis, essentially, and uh, was making him hypno- hypnotized again. <laughs> That's a chapter. Yep. Yeah. Um, there is some cuteness in this, but it's also just kind of really weird um, and also kind of fetishy. Um. There is some good stuff uh, in terms of the character development for Yuiga. And I do like seeing Rizu be more assertive in how their personal relationship works. Say, like, no, you actually have to, like, take care of yourself. Because usually she's always the one who's got to be, like, given the advice and guided. Uh, so I, I like seeing that turned around and have having her be on this kind of level with Yuiga. So. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, uh, there's not too much to say about this one. Yeah, uh, this felt it's an interesting premise. I hope gets explored more because we still haven't found out what it is. Uega is kind of, you know, thinking about. Um, and after like the last two story arcs that had like these kind of more impactful moments out of them, this mm-hmm. one felt like it didn't have as this one felt more fetishy than earnest by the end. Yeah. Okay. It's- Let's uh, move on to Dr. Stone then, Chris, because it's time to get stoned. Hey, Nick, you see he has a watch there on the cover page? Yes, it's yes, he does. Nice. I he's, wonder, he's got a lot of jewelry. I wonder what time it is right now. Well, time it's... to get stoned, Nick! Also 8.50, according to my clock. Yeah. <laughs> so this chapter, Z equals 86, Senku's the door is about a couple of things. The continuing the continuation of the Kingdom of Science having an economy now, and also 
about everyone having to learn to fucking fly. Uh, which initially magma is is like oh come on there's no way you could get us up the-. and then he rem- remembers all the times that yo has laughed at everyone uh because they're like oh primitives don't understand it. and so he looks back at him and he was like i don't fucking know how we're gonna fly don't look at me <laughs> which is a which is a nice uh twist in the joke so uh, Kaseki gets really uh, pumped up because he's like, oh, in order for us to get airborne, it's probably going to have to be a really long roadmap in order to get there. I'm getting all set in order for us to do this. And Senku is just like, we need hemp thread and to make cloth and then we'll make a hot air balloon. And that's it. <laughs> it is great. Like, this is the greatest process we'll ever do. My magnum opus. I'll never do anything. They're like, we just need like one thing. <laughs> um, and Sick is like, yeah, you know, hot air balloons are actually kind of simple considering all the technology that we have at our disposal right now. Um, and uh, so, uh, and Nikki asks, like, hey, well, if you're going to use hemp cloth to make it, isn't the air just going to leak out? And Sick says, no, 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 no. The first air, ever hot air balloon was actually made that way. So it'll be fine. There is even the theory that the ancient Nazca lines were observed that way by their creators. It's one of the easiest vehicles to make. The greatest ve- hurdle is going to be. And so Yuzuri is like, oh, no, we're going to need a lot of cloth. <laughs> so at first, Senku gets really like, yes, <laughs> but it, he like turns into a snake for a little bit. It's like, oh, it looks like we're going to need to rely on you. But then he actually gets very uh, sincere about it. He's like, hey, we, we need to actually plan for this. We're going to actually be really relying on you to pull through on this. And he actually bows to her and says, can we leave this all to you? Um, and she says, like, all right, you got it. Let's do this handicrafts team. And of course, Taiji's there to help her out. And Yo is too. And he's like, why am I here? <laughs> so they start getting to work. Uh, and uh, they have to, of course, separate out the hemp. Um, Magma and Yo get into another fight over stuff. Usury has starts explaining the actual process of spitting out hemp fiber from the hemp. And uh, she says, OK, yeah, we started out the process. This is how you do it. Uh, and Yo's like, oh, this might actually be fun. And Usury says, all we need is about tens of thousands of kilometers of this stuff. <laughs> Enough to circumnavigate the world. So a whole line of people starts uh, spinning out this thread, which uh, confuses Magma because he's like, how are we going to fly with these? And Yo says, we're not going to fly with just threads. We're going to make cloth out of it, you idiot. And they get into another fight. Um, Usury has shows how, like, okay, you know, in order to make cloth from thread, you have to stretch it out like a harp. And then you weave another thread across it horizontally over and over. And then you alternate and you go the other way. And then you do this. And then you have to tighten it together in order to make a long grid. And yeah, it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of hard work. But if we were just to do it this way, then it would take us a lot longer. Because what we could do is we could make a loom. And so Kaseki uh, gets some instructions from Yuzuriha. And she actually gets a lot of the explanation in this whole chapter because She's part of the Antichrist Club. She hoes all this stuff works. And so she explains that you would do this and you do this. And there are holes that line up. And you do this when you, you know, hit the lever and then it separates it all and then brings it together. So Kaseki draws up blueprints. He and Senku get to work on it. 
And then it comes out in this, it looks like a printing press. Yeah, I like how she's just like, oh, I can't wait to have a loom. But she's like thinking of his little like handheld little hand, one. Like an abacus sized one. And there's this massive fucking thing. And he starts pumping and it in. The, they're so proud too. Like if you look back, so good. Yes. Like, yeah, we did it. Well, and uh, so they make it in and Sick is like, oh, sorry, this was kind of on short notice. It's, did you want it to be electric instead of hand drawn? No, this is amazing. <laughs> um, and yeah, over time, eventually they make a whole bunch of cloth. Uh, and so Sick is like, oh, this is great. We've uh, if we just get a little bit more then we can then we can do this. But uh, he says, like, we need a little bit more. Usuria says a lot of that won't make the cut because the cloth breathes too easily, so it won't hold the hot air in the balloon. So Gen gets an idea. He's like, ah, there's still not enough thread, so come on, get back to the grindstone with all of you. As an incentive, we'll have the, the, a little contest. Whoever makes the longest thread wins a prize of 10,000 Dragos. And he's got like a $100 bill on top of a bunch of just blank paper in order to make it look like he's throwing holding a huge stack of money and uh Senka says hey where are we getting all these funds from again's like ah we're going to have a lot of extra cloth that's too breathable so why not use that and they look at Yuzuriha who's so exhausted already by this point that she's like yes I've got an idea <laughs> I fucking this chapter has made me love Yuzuria when like they just needed to I guess show her in something that she's this passionate about yeah. I love like how every scene is just her be like oh like she's just like the beleaguered put upon person and then these moments she looks like a corpse walking by she's like I can't do more clothes and they're like what if we started making like designing clothes and she's like I want to do that <laughs> people she starts setting up some designs and then she turns into a jojo character while she's sewing it uh and so you know freaking like yo and and kinro are watching her as like she's become a berserker what's what's happening to her and taiju's like bring her food and he's like well no this is what what people do when she crafts <laughs> it's, it's just this completely normal better. to him you know that's real love. <laughs> like if someone acts that weird and they're just like, yeah, no, yeah, they do that. <laughs> that's um. So uh, we get a uh, t- little bit of time skip. Usuria comes out with some clothes, and so all of a sudden we get these like magazine ads for <laughs> for all this clothing with a bunch of the characters modeling for it. So there is uh, like uh, Ruri and Kinro and. Holy shit, does Kaseki look awesome? Kaseki <laughs> looks fucking boss. He man. looks pimp. Um, I, I, easily my favorite part of this chapter, honestly. Just a great little two-page spread of nobody knowing how to react except Kaseki. Who's <laughs> just like, yeah. He's like, I know what I'm looking like. I'm hot grandpa. Gadilf over here. Uh... So they started, you know, giving out clothes to people and stuff. And so again, it's like, ah, yes, the department store's initial offerings are a bit on the pricey side. Uh, so it may be a while before we sell out the entire line. And Seka says, eh, let's just give it away to the workers. And again, is shocked by this. So he says, yeah, we've got a King Midas over there with bombless pockets. And sure enough, fucking Captain Admiral Idiot has bought 
all of the clothing the usury has made. And he's like, hmm, wait, did I just make a mistake? And Ken and Senko are celebrating over their fucking money. And that's the end of the chapter. I gotta love this series and just how kooky and zany it is. Like, I love this moment of them like, yeah, let's just give it the rest. We, you know, this guy's gonna do all the work for us. And it's I'm like, ah-ha! Wait a minute. <laughs> that's just, I'm like, Did ah! I just do exactly what they wanted me to do? Yeah! Like some fucking Ren and Stimpy level shit in their face. Like, ah! Oh, their hair is turning into devil horns. <laughs> Super good chapter. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun in this. Uh, and featuring a character that we uh, haven't really gotten to see a whole lot of, out of. Uh, you know, Musuriha, of course, had the standout moment where we saw that she was reassembling the uh, shattered statues one by one. But it was nice to see, like, a full chapter really dedicated to her and what she could offer to this to this group. Um, so, um, and, and I do think that uh, that's one of the stronger points of Dr. Stone is that when it takes that large cast that it's accumulated and says, hey, we've got this character who's really good at this one thing, so let's give them a moment in the uh, limelight. And that's what this one did. All right. <sighs> no, uh, seven deadly sins, so straight into the promised Neverland. We got to save Chris. Chris? I know. It's a danger. Chris could die at any moment. But don't worry, Nick. Because who better to save Chris than the Promised Neverland's fifth most popular character, Anna? This was such a weird, like, it really felt They're like, th- I guess we'll have to bring Zach. No, guys, I'll Zach take stay those. here. This really felt as though like Shirai and Demizu uh, got the results of the poll and they were like, what, really? Okay. <laughs> It's Breaking Into the Cage, part one, chapter 116 of The Promised Neverland. So, uh, yeah, they're going to go to this this farm in order to get medical supplies to save Chris's life. And they're like, okay, we'll go with, uh, we're going to go with uh, Jin, not Jin, Hayato, and Emma, and Ray, and Zach. And then Anna's like, no, let me go. <laughs> and was like, wait, what? <laughs> Literally, everyone's like, are you sure about this? Like, I'm not crazy sure. Uh, But Anna's like, listen, uh, with this large group, what if the demons are the Rotary clan attack? We need Zack and Sandy here in order to handle emergencies because they're super crazy competent and good at their jobs, apparently. Uh, But eventually, Zack's like, you know, Anna's actually right, yeah. Uh, Anna is the one who is most familiar with the medicine. Right, remember, Sandy? Remember yeah. Nick? For remember, the past year and a half, she's been studying medicine. Remember Anna's like defining character trait is that she's always been like really dedicated to medicine and studying it. That's like her thing. So I thought it was really cool to get crazy good at using, Remember how she was crazy good at using her bankai? <laughs> remember how talkative and dedicated to Yamamoto she was? <laughs> She was so diligent. <laughs> We're going to miss her most of all. But that being said, I prefer this to, oh, no, Chris is dying. Who was Chris again? <laughs> it's everyone's character, Nick. A character coming out of nowhere to say, I will go on this mission and do stuff is infinitely more preferable to this character is dying and we will miss them. And still also more preferable to suddenly this character is important 
remember how she studied, uh, you know, marksmanship and trade under Lucas for years. And that's why she was the one to kill to kill uh, Andrew, because she's so good at this stuff. It's like, no, I'm going on this mission where medicine is important. I've been studying medicine. And now before anything super important happens, now you know that about me. So it's just such a weird note because it's like we only have so many details that are like known about the cast. Like, uh, like, you know, you have Emma and Ray and then to a lesser extent, Don and Gilda. And then to an even lesser extent beyond that, like Zach Violet or Viola. I can't remember her name. Violet. Uh, is, yeah. Yeah. Tomboy girl. Yeah. And then a very scant amount of it, like a scattering of the characters. Anna didn't even show up in the list to me. I legitimately, I cannot understand how she made like the fifth most popular character in the Promised Neverland outside of the thing that they're like, well, there really only are like five characters anyway. <laughs> and two of them are evil. So they probably weren't going to get all the votes. <laughs> he's going to get the votes. Sandy, he's got a broccoli head on his uh, eye patch. He's like, stupid. <laughs> so, so it's like, it's a weird moment where you're just like, uh, yeah. Anna and all of her dead. Hope nothing happens to Anna while they're busy saving Chris. <laughs> so I just but, like I want like a third layer of nonsense to get on top of this. Like I hope nothing bad happens to Anna, or you know, while they're going to save Chris, or else Jeff is gonna have to run in and try to save both of them because he has he he considers himself kind of with Emma or Anna, and really the two of them together kind of act like parents to Chris, you know, in their own way. So. <laughs> I mean, and Jeff's such a loose cannon. You never know what's going to happen. We just like, next chapter has nothing to do with them going to the farm. It's just like, it's like that chapter with Phil. You're like, here's a bit of catch me up on what I've been up to. But it's, yeah, it's focused on a random character who you've seen in the background, but never got the name of before. So he's like, yeah, we've actually been dating for three years now. (laughs) You might know me as Fat Chops and think I just like a lot of cookies, but I'm actually the most balls to the wall hardcore killer in this group. Also, I <laughs> and I'll snap the neck of anyone who tries to hurt my family. <laughs> They're gonna like come to like a door, like the one in the Fellowship of the Ring, where uh, th- you know, they've got to solve the riddle in Elvish in order to get in order to speak the password to get through. And they're like, well, fortunately, Turnip Head here is actually really skilled at solving riddles, so <laughs> we'll be good in order to get through this. If we come across Gollum, we'll be good because Turnip Head is here. I'm now imagining, like, you know how Lord of the Rings, the movie, ended with, like, Frodo in the bed? And they, like, kind of sequentially brought the characters back to the level of importance they had to Frodo right, in the right, story right, at a large. Right. So, like, I want to see how this story starts with, like, her, like, Emma, like, in bed. And she's just like, Charles! Once <laughs> like, oh, I guess Charles is the thing. And eventually you're sitting there like, oh, my God, when the fuck do we get to Don and Gilda? I don't I don't even know what, how important they are to the story, but for fuck's sake. And then Oliver's the last one through, and he starts laughing in slow motion, and it looks really creepy. Andrew comes through the door at some point. He's just like, <laughs> Everyone's still laughing while they shoot him in the head. <laughs> he's just finger gunning as he gets gunned down again. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> They get to the farm. <laughs> what a long journey it was to get here. Um, Ayato says it's a lower class mass production farm, so there's lighter security. So we'll just get through. 
Uh, make sure you don't get caught by the camera. Don't make any noise because the cameras detect sound too. Anyway, get through stealthily. We'll get the medicine and get out of here. Now down through the manhole cover. Teenage Mutant Ninja Rebels. So uh, people start going through the tunnels. It's hard to climb through tunnels. We've all been there. Yeah. Um, demons are watching security cameras and they're like, there's not, not nothing's wrong. I'm bored. Everything's fine. Yep. And then a demon spots Anna, who's on patrol. And they're like, ah! And Ray shoots him in the head. And they're like, oh, run! And they immediately have to split up. Uh, Ray goes in one direction. Uh, Hayato goes in one direction. Uh, goes after him. Uh, and Emma and Anna are off on their own. They're, and uh, they have to go and get the medicine while Hayato tries to help out Ray. And uh, that's it. That's the chapter. I hope that Emma and Anna can uh, get the medicine. Chris. Well, Anna, Nick, I don't know if you've heard. She's been spending the last couple of years diligently studying medicine for just this moment. So if anyone can do it, it's going to be Anna. She put her hair up while yeah. before going on this mission. <laughs> she she tied her hair back, which is the universal sign for women that they're about to get serious. Yeah. Put your hair up and square up. Mm-hmm. She's such a great wrestler, too. I like Sonya so a lot. Yeah. Anyway, that's the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I have more to say about Sonya Deville than I do about this chapter. <laughs> she looked really good when she was in that battle royal with Asuka. Maybe she can be like her next big challenger or something. Nope, it's Charlotte again. Okay. Well, hey, Nick. I mean, somebody's got to... <laughs> somebody's Somebody. got Hold up the SmackDown women's division. Yeah, I mean, who else is going to do it? <laughs> Couldn't be uh, someone who actually happens to uh, to have a similar hairstyle to Anna. <laughs> Couldn't be the hottest act in professional wrestling right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, page 186 for Black Clover. The eyes in the mirror. So... Last time, our heroes escaped from the mirror realm, and they came back, or not mirror, the dream realm, rather, glamour world, whatever it was called. Uh, this chapter is about mirrors, so. Yeah. And uh, we saw that uh, Leashed, or not Leashed, sorry, Patry, in combination with the elf that has taken over Gaush's body, used this combination magic to completely dismantle the Black Bull's headquarters. Uh, and there's a moment where they need to kind of save themselves, so... Uh, we have a moment where Gordon makes the shit to the poison. They're like, oh my god, we're gonna fall into your poison and die! But then Gray changes it into cotton, and they're fine. And I kind of like yeah. that, that kind of clever way of saving themselves. Uh, especially when there was just the easy answer of like, why don't we just have our spatial mage over here teleport us out? <laughs> is that what Voltros is here for? Uh, but yeah, there's this moment, uh, and, and Henry, uh, Sorry, actually, a lot of the characters start having their magic uh, fading away because Charmy's not there, Nick. Apparently, Charmy is just force-feeding food into these characters when we're not looking at them because without Charmy, every character starts falling apart. Like, you know, Henry's like, get away from me! Because, like, the... He'll eat everyone's mana, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Noelle's magic is just ripping away from her and, and Zora's like, Ooh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He's putting on a brave face, but even he's like, I don't have much magic left either. So Yami's like idiots, surpassed your limits right now. And everyone's like, why don't you do something? <laughs> everyone's like, Great pep talk cap. 
<laughs> I'm so glad she really got to the emotional core of all of us so succinctly. Like, if it didn't work, would you just be like, like afterwards, you'd be like, I don't know why it didn't work. I told him to get better. I thought that would work. <laughs> that would do it. I can even imagine, like, if she says that and Zora's just like, fuck you! I gotta do one, Zora, to be like, don't you have any better advice than get good? You're not even giving us a direction to go in. Uh, so, you know, it's the, the two of them are headed out towards, I guess, the, the big energy portal that's kind of all coming together. Uh, the Yami and, and Jack the Ripper. Uh, so Patrick's like, well... I'll I'll go away, and uh, it's going to be the elf in Gauche and the elf in Marie. One of them's Ekra. That's the one in Marie. Yeah, I forget what the one in uh, the other one is. But it's the two of them left. So we see Gauche, elf Gauche, whatever, makes all of his mirrors. And then Ekra uses her eye magic and basically bounces it all throughout. And she does it to basically... Find where everyone is, and then because of her magic power, she could freeze everyone as well. So, Marie has a ton of magic potential, it seems like. Mm hmm. Uh, and they're like, it wow. Binds anyone who looks into her eyes. She's like, uh, she's got a paralytic gaze. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh shit, we're done for. None of us can cast a single spell. But Asta was holding the magic nullification sword, and it... It's the demon sword of bullshit, yeah. Yeah, and it, it reached out, and it cancels the magic. It can't cancel it on himself, it doesn't look like. But it cancels it at least on Gray, Henry, and uh, Gordon. So they can move, and they can try to do something. They're firing a bunch of beams, and uh, the three of them use some techniques to kind of block it. I guess Asta does get freed, because he mm -hmm. also swings back. So I guess it frees everybody. <laughs> guess that's what the sword could do. Um, and they even fire a shot back. Aster reflects a shot back towards Gauche. And it just barely grazes by him. And he's like, ooh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and Asta starts thinking like, yeah, I know Gauche's magic really well. And it kind of irritates me because he's kind of a dick. And he's a <laughs> to all of us. And they all think about that. They're all like, yeah, I mean, you know, when he gets back, he's going to be insulting all of us. And. You know, he's going to be back to his weird self-showing pictures of his little sister. Do we see, actually, come to think of it, do we want to save this guy? He's really weird. You know what? Let's actually just nip this one in the butt. <laughs> just oh, no, we guy. accidentally killed him. <laughs> oh, I thought it was my magic nullifying sword, but it was just my regular sharp sword through his torso. <laughs> has just been carrying around a shiv with him all this time. Oh, I just threw my replica buster sword through him. I thought it was the nullifying sword. Like they look nothing alike. Oh, oh well, I guess I guess Gauch has just been impaled on a sword now. What did we get, guys? Come on. Mimosa Gauch. comes over to him. He's like, I'll use my healing magic. Oh no, no! Snaps her neck. <laughs> no! Oh no! Someone killed Mimosa. <laughs> Who could have done this? Who's who's who has her blood on their hands? He's like has red all over his hands. What fool would be a? So brave to investigate this murder, huh? As he's puts on, the cord, puts on like a cap and a corncob pipe. <laughs> I'll solve the case. <laughs> I'm just a small town city lawyer, but I think there's not enough evidence to ever come to a conclusion, and we must toss this case out. Out in favor. <laughs> when there is no evidence convicting Asta of this crime, you must quit, Asta. <laughs> 
Well, it's like, look, I, I we don't have law magic, so I, guess I, think, he's, I think he's in the right. <laughs> he just isn't. That's why there are so many laws that are in Latin. It's because they're the invocation spells. <laughs> Habeas corpus. Uh, so that is effectively the chapter two. It ends with all the characters being like, you know, we're going to save Gauche and then, you know, we're going to complain to his face about everything. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the that asshole. He's our asshole. That dick basket. We hate him. Can't wait to have him back. Yeah. And uh, Gauche elf is like, all right, so we're going to do that next. Then. So Nick, prepare yourself because next week they're going to do that. They're going to do that to that guy. I don't know. That- they. I don't know if they could beat that. Yeah, no, no. Unless they <laughs> go with those. <laughs> that's it. That's that's chapter that's, this week. That's that's the week. Uh, we have no one piece to talk about. Uh, so this is unfortunately going to be a very sh- pretty short edition of Weekly Manga Recap. Although, hey, maybe you kind of missed the hour long days for all I know. Uh, but we were down like four series and went through the jump starts pretty quickly. So I like that there's someone out there with like pet fish that are clearly floating to the top of the surface and they're like, finally, I can feed my fish now. This <laughs> hour long weekly manga recaps again. What? <laughs> <laughs> like they were just delayed. Like we always just delayed them just long enough that their pets died. <laughs> I've been going to the pet store day after day after day. I said to my cat, I'll feed you right after Weekly Manga Recap. I know I can see how long it is, but I presume it'll only be an hour to an hour and a half, which is just... Oh, it was two and a half hours? No! Oh! Charles McWhiskers is dead! Charles McWhiskers the 57th is dead! I don't know why the Humane Society keeps letting me get pets. But I'm not one to complain. Now I'm just a small town podcast listener. <laughs> For some reason, they listen to podcasts while we're in like the suspenders, <laughs> sitting on like a rocking chair. All right, favorite chapter in MVP. Uh, this one I feel like is a very simple one. My favorite chapter of the week is Doctor Stone, and my MVP of the week is uh, Usuria. I agree on Yuzuriha. I am going to name my favorite chapter as a Hell Warden Higuma because I have what? Yeah, I had a lot of fun reading this new manga, and I have, I have high hopes for it. So well, that's good. I'm excited. Let's uh, wrap things up then. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us for weekly manga recap. Uh, if you want more of the show, you can check us out on weekly manga recap. Uh, .podbean.com as well as on our YouTube channel and on iTunes and if you check us out in those places be sure to subscribe, leave a comment leave a rating so that you can help out with the algorithm and help us to defeat the woodworkers and ascend to the top of the hobby section if you want to uh, st- if you want more updates on when we're going to do the show normally we tend to do the show on smashcast.tv slash and twitch.tv slash around 7.30 eastern time on Thursdays but uh, sometimes we do need to change that up. So to stay updated on what we're planning on doing, follow us on Twitter at WMR Podcast, at RelloT, and at Nick F. Time. If you uh, have anything that you want to say to us, if you want to send us in feedback, ask us questions for a Q&A episode, suggest a future manga for us to read, you can send that stuff via email to weeklymangarecap at yahoo.com or you can visit our Discord channel 
And uh, there are a number of different chat rooms to do all sorts of different kinds of stuff, including uh, making suggestions and recommendations for us to read, where you can also see the giant grid of stuff that we have uh, that has already been suggested or has uh, already been uh, right on the show. Special thanks go out to our Patreon supporters. Your support allows us to create all sorts of fun bonus content for you guys to enjoy. Uh, thanks as well to Z-Man, our tower card artist, and to the infamous planet. Not just the not the infamous planet, just the infamous planet now, because he's very particular about that. So the uh, visual editions of our podcast that he's done and all the work that uh, you do on, on our show. So that is it. That's everything. Uh, I believe that uh, we'll probably have uh, 87 clockers uh, soon. Um yeah. Also with noting, because we usually do this after the show, but I'll throw it out there. So I take part in a D&D podcast, mm-hmm. Del Dice Funk. Got new episodes coming up. But Nick is also going to be a part of a special one shot for Dice Funk. Yes. So that I- should be coming out uh, relatively soon. I think that it's actually coming out before the end of the month. I'll have to double check. I think it's going to be the week after because we're taking. So we have a regular episode this week. Then there's a prequel episode the week after that. And then it's the one shot. So I think it'll be the first week of January. There'll be a, a dice funk with Nicholas Freeman in it. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to if you want to hear me play a humorless centaur, then uh, go check that out. <laughs> oh, but who are you going to be playing in the game? Ah, uh. boom. <laughs> Ah, Merry Christmas, everybody.